There is no going back to normal. There is no going back to business as usual. There's no way to unsee or unlearn about the injustices that black people, indigenous people, and people of color face in our world. Once you've opened your eyes to the racism that exists in our society, there's no going back. And that's where we're at today. As I record this in June 2020, we are in the middle of a revolution. The recent deaths of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd have spread protests around America, Canada, and the world, all in support of Black Lives Matter. The anti-racism movement is here, and there is an overwhelming sense of all of the emotions. There's overwhelm, there's hope, there's anger, frustration, confusion. Like you, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that change is happening. The world that exists and operates today was different than it was three weeks ago. And I freaking hope that it continues to change and evolve as we learn and we take action against racism and police brutality. This is uncomfortable and unknown for me and that in itself is a privilege that I no longer take for granted and I will continue to work to unpack and to fight against. Am I going to mess up? Mm-hmm. Am I speaking up now just because it's trendy? No. But I finally got out of my own fear, my own inaction and my privilege and I'm truly sorry that it took so long. Am I taking real action? Yes, I am. This episode is for you if you're a listener if you're a community member, a friend, and you want to know where I stand. I stand with our black community and our friends. I'm here to listen and to support all people, black, indigenous people of color, differently abled, all of you. And this is just the beginning. This episode is for you if you, like me, are evaluating who you listen to, who you follow, who you spend your money with to make sure that they align with your values. Please listen in and make sure you make the right decision for yourself. This episode is for you if you're open and you're curious about what else you can do. I'm sharing a few things that you can do to continue to be an ally and to work systemically to change our world so that the opportunities that I've been given, and if you're a white woman too, you've been given them too, so that our opportunities are available to all women, all people. My promise to you is this. I will go first. I will share. I will mess up. And I am going to keep going. But I also want you to promise me this that you do the work too, that you will learn from black educators and that you do your part. This isn't something to just listen to and feel good and tick a box because it is going to take all of us working together to bring justice, fairness, and equal opportunities for all. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Well, hello there, Golden Girls. And as always, thank you for listening and tuning into this episode. Here we are. It is near the beginning of June 2020, in the midst of change and an evolution of what it truly means to have freedom and equality and justice for all. I will be honest with you, I had a lot of fear speaking out against racism when I first started to see what was going on. 
But then I woke up literally one morning at like 5 a.m. and I was like, I gotta do something better. I've got to do more. And maybe that's how you feel too. You're listening and you're saying, I've got to do something. Even as I'm recording this, there's still some fear. Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to offend someone? Is it even appropriate for me as a white woman to be talking about this? Am I going to listen to this in one year or five years and ten years and regret saying something wrong, especially since I'm so new to learning and it's pretty much a guarantee that I'm going to mess up? I'm also afraid because I know that the impact of our words, they, they change in the world and we don't always know them. For example, I recently learned that peanut gallery, that phrase, was initially used in the vaudeville days to describe the cheapest seats in the theater, the balconies in segregated theaters where black people were forced to sit. And so I say that because for sure I have used the word peanut gallery in workshops, maybe even on this podcast with no idea of the history or the context. Now that I know better, as Maya Angelou says, I will do better. So my point is this, that I'm still learning. And I'm afraid because this is going to be on the internet forever. And I'm worried, you know, someone's going to dig this up and in 10 years they might make assumptions on who I am then at 2030 then based on this recorded podcast of me in 2020. Will I say things that are no longer appropriate or will I know better? And yes, I will. But just like any other worthwhile cause, all those fears that I just said, I've had to say screw it. And my invitation to you is to also say screw it and drop it. See, it is so easy to hide behind fear. It is easy to hide behind fear of not being the right time, not being ready, worrying about what other people think or making mistakes. And when it comes to our goals and dreams, I, I had this down. I've got this down. I, I always have known that I will be afraid. I'll never be ready. I'll offend someone and I keep going. But even I get tripped up and this is why the, you know that work has never done. But this is why I so believe that it's, it's time to step up and speaking up about racism about George Floyd, about Breonna Taylor, about Ahmaud Aubrey, about the anti-Asian attacks that are happening, about indigenous people in Canada, which I'm just starting to scratch the surface on. And it is time to show support for our black friends, our indigenous people, our people of color. It is time. I have been fearful. I've been complacent. And I know I'm going to fumble and mess it up. And this work is just starting. And the worst part of all, not the worst, this is the thing that this is all just an example of my privilege, one of many, that I even have the option to stand by this long and that these are my greatest concerns. That I get to worry about my own insecurities and not my life or the life of my children or the life of my friends. That is the crazy thing. So am I going to say the wrong thing? Probably. Will I offend somebody? Maybe. And I will apologize if I do. That's. I know I recognize the impact that I can have. Is it appropriate that I do this? I'm not 100% sure, um, but it feels right for me and I'm going with that. And am I going to listen back later and regret something I said? Probably. Will you do the same? Will you mess up? Will you offend somebody? Probably, yes. But this is the time now for us to let go of that and to stop hiding behind fear and to get out into our world and to make change. Love and lightness is not enough. We cannot positivity our way through this or spiritually bypass the real experiences, the lived experience, the inequalities and the injustices that are happening in our world. So let me start by saying this, like what is my intention? Who is this for? I know for some of you listening are other white women like me and you're also wondering how you can help. Maybe you're also scared to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and you're wondering what can I do? You're looking for ideas. My hope is that I'll be able to share some light on my thoughts, my actions and most of all, this is an invitation and me reaching my hand out to say, come with us, let's do this, let's join in. I also know a lot of you are listening 
we are a diverse community. We have black people that listen and indigenous and people of color, gay, straight, bisexual, transgender, differently abled. And I know that I've left a lot of you guys out and I want to say thank you for listening and I want to get to know you more. I recognize that a lot of you listening don't have the same privileges that I do as a white woman that is cisgendered. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But basically, I'm straight and I am identify as the same gender that I'm born as and I'm white. So I've got a lot of privileges here that not everybody listening has. So if you're listening, my intention is to let you know that I'm listening to you too. And I'm not going to always get it perfect, but I am willing to try and I'm willing, I'm here to earn your trust and I know that it's work and I'm willing to do it to continue to be an ally for you. And I understand. And if you're listening to this, you need to know that being an ally is not a noun, it's a verb. It's an action. It is a journey, not a destination. So my intention here is, is twofold. One, to make it super abundantly clear where I stand, where our business stands, where our family stands, and we stand with anti-racism. And also to share some of the learnings that I've had as a white woman, to speak to other white women. And I also believe in real allyship and doing sustainable work. And myself and my team, we're continuing to look at and advocate and figure out what we can do to really make a difference. Okay, now let's just have some honest talk about my imperfections and serious limitations on this topic because I am a white woman. So obviously I do not know, I can never know, I will never know the actual experience of being a black person, being indigenous, being a person of color or any anything other than my experience. I can't know that and that's why I've been so intent on listening as I know so many of you will have been. So I need to acknowledge that and put it out there. I also have to say I'm going to make mistakes and like lots of you guys, I've wondered do I post the black square or not? Do I mute or not? Is it for one day or for seven days? Should I be sharing my platform? If I invite others on, do they again think I'm just looking for tokenism? So many questions. I've seen criticism for people speaking out and for people not speaking out and I've been learning all along the way and as I've been listening and taking it all in, I've been trying to gather my thoughts because that's that's really important. You know, I listen and we all have to do this. We have to listen, learn, and then apply what's right for us and the truth that I've learned through this is, I know this sounds like a duh, but I didn't really understand it, but even within communities like the black community, there's going to be disagreement and not everyone will think the same. And inherently, what I share will be appropriate and, and you know, appreciated by some. And unfortunately, what I share may also hurt others. I know that my intentions are good, but I recognize that impact is what matters. And so if I hurt you, I will apologize. And I want you to know that. Please feel free to message me on social media in an email. I will always listen and apologize for hurting and learn what I can do better. I also want to say this. I understand this. Impact matters more than intention. And I did not get that until recently. I keep hearing this analogy that really resonated for me and it's that if you step on someone's toe, whether you meant to or not, you apologize. So that's what I'm here to do. Uh, so in the vein of knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and knowing that this is going to live on the internet forever, what I decided to do was to create a section in the podcast show notes. Every episode has show notes and it's called learnings and updates. And from time to time, as I become aware of learnings, mistakes, or opportunities to improve, Instead of deleting or canceling, I'm going to add an update below with what's been changed or updated. I think this is important to do because what I've, what I've heard is that a part of where white supremacy continues to live on is when white people make mistakes and black people let them know that they made a mistake and let them know their emotions and white people, we, we just delete all the comments we delete, or we delete the content so we never get to learn from it. And that's something that I want to do differently. So if I make a mistake, if I learned that something else I say was inappropriate, if I learned something like the peanut gallery thing that I will never say again now that I know and understand it, 
I will add it below so you can see it so that you can also learn from those mistakes too. I'm not going to do this for every new resource I come across. Like I'll continue to add to them, but I won't make like a specific update. My intention with that section calling learnings and updates in the show notes, it's to honor the lessons that have been shared. It's an opportunity for me to apologize, to own up to mistakes, and also for others to learn too. So that's what feels right. And that's what's allowing me to move forward making progress and not perfection because this is never going to be done. I'm never going to be done. But I wanted to get this this podcast out there for you guys while I'm still still in the journey that will go on forever. So that's how I'm going to update it is learning and updates. Check it out. If you're listening to this in a couple years and I've said something offensive or if, if I say something that, that doesn't make sense that was wrong, you'll see me post it in there as an example of the learning that the journey that I'm on so you you have permission to make mistakes too and so that if I've hurt you you can see my apology and my learnings below okay now this is something I also have to say and this bears reminding that at the end of the day at the end of the year at the end of our lives at the end of my life you only have to answer to you and I only have to answer to me it has felt in some ways in the last few days very distracting I've been so worried uh, maybe you can resonate with this about what other people are going to think and it's super distracting because it's not something I can necessarily control I've worried about looking like I'm a performative ally and I say that with quotes like am I just doing this to look so it looks like I'm a good person and I know some of you guys are worrying about this too and so to this I have to say that what matters is what you what you do what matters and at the end of the day only you know whether you're actually learning and listening and consciously doing better to be a true ally And only I know the truth about myself. No one. No one will know the truth about me about me. Even you listening, you won't know what the truth is. You'll you'll have your opinion. You'll have your perspective. You'll make your judgments. You might think I'm doing great or you might think I'm causing more harm than good. And I can't control that. I can apologize for the impact if I get it wrong. And you can apologize for your impact when you get it wrong. But none of this is to distract from the fact that at the end of the day, None of us answer to social media. None of us answer to anyone else. You always, always, always have to answer to yourself. And I always, always, always answer to myself. So whether it looks like I'm doing all the right things or all the wrong things, it doesn't matter. I have to know in my heart that if I'm truly being open, if I'm actually listening, if I'm willing to be wrong and to be uncomfortable and to be here for the long term. And I am. I know that in my heart. And I share this for you to understand that for about you too, you don't answer to anyone but you. So make sure whatever you do is consistent with who you want to be and that you can honestly look yourself in your mirror and know that you did it right. Okay, so a couple last things I wanted to kind of say. I reserve the right to continue to learn. And something I'm going to say today is probably going to be a fist palm moment that if I listen to in a couple years, and my commitment really is to continue to learn and do better. So again, I'm going to share the lessons and updates as, as I lo- learn more in the podcast show notes later on. So this is not exhaustive. It's just a start. I literally could probably add to the podcast show notes and what I say here forever because that is how long I will be learning for. And this is just as far as I am today in this moment. This is naive and embarrassing to say, but just a few weeks ago, I did not really understand the privilege I had as a white person, the privilege to be safe in the streets, to not worry about my child, the advantages I had to earn money or get jobs. And I am sure I'm going to continue to learn and I'm here for it. It's also a privilege that I have to learn about racism, to get to be in the comfort of my home and to just talk about it like this instead of experiencing that. And with that, I just want to say like that is why I'm doing the work because to experience it 
is something I would never wish upon anyone. Okay, two last things. These are super duper important for me to say. I am not here to take away from black women. I want to do the, my labor and to share some perspective to elevate black women. So basically, don't listen to this podcast and call yourself educated. I think you already know that, but seriously, this is just a start. This is just my perspective and some of the things that I wanted to share from the perspective of my business, from this podcast, from our community, from what we're doing. But this is just the start. So do not listen to this and say, okay, I'm done. I've done. Like, tick a box. Pay for education. Pay to pay black educators. And I'll li- I'm linking to some below. Rachel Cargyle, she has an amazing program, um, The Great Unlearn, which you'll check out. Spiritual Activism 101 by Rachel Ricketts. And she's got Spiritual Activism 102 as well. And I have a couple of friends that have taken that I've, and have said such incredible things about it. There's Anti-Racism, sorry, Anti-Racism Crash Course by Monique Melton. Um, those are just a handful, by the way. And I've linked to all of them below in the show notes. Please go check them out and pay for their education. I know that we cannot change the past. I can't change the advantages that I've had thus far as a white person. But I can take my privilege and I can help change the future. And I believe that one of those ways to do that is to start paying real money to learn and support. Dollars, 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 that is what we want to give. So go pay. That's it. (laughs) Okay. So at this point, it's really important to say that I'm not recording this to absolve my guilt. I'm not sharing this to get kudos. I'm not sharing this to save my brand or I'm not, and certainly want to say this, this is not just about my quote, personal growth. I don't want to center this episode on me because I realize that that's the thing that when white people speak out, often we make it all about ourselves and about our race. I don't know how to balance this out. I don't know what the right thing is. And every time I say the word, I literally every single time I'm like, oh, is that too much? Am I making this all about me? And that is not my intention. So let me center this on what really matters. And I'm speaking from my perspective again because I'm not a black person. I'm not a person of color. So I can't speak to them. But I will say that this matters because it is my responsibility. And the reason why I feel okay recording this and speaking is because it is my responsibility as a human to do the right thing and to help protect black people. The reality is that the deck is stacked for me as a white person. And it has been stacked in my favor in so many ways. I wanted to share a couple of statistics that I've blown my mind in the last few weeks and I know that if you're listening and you are someone who doesn't have this white privilege you are like yeah da Lisa of course but thank you for bearing with me so let's just bring this back to what this is about some of these are American and some of these are Canadian stats so in the U.S. black individuals are two times more likely to be unemployed than their white counterparts in Canada the unemployment rates are 7.3 percent for those who are not a visible minority and 12.5 percent for black people Also interesting, 5.7% is the unemployment rate for other visible minorities. So it's actually lower for other visible minorities in some cases. And I read that, and trying to understand this, that there's actually certain visible minorities that are like preferred in terms of employment. So this is just an interesting fact. And I I wanted to share this because there's other, it's just so complicated. There's so much learning to do. I'm just starting. Um, here's some more facts. So when um, when people are employed, black people typically earn 25% less than their male colleagues. 25%. Studies have shown resumes that have traditionally white speaking names, white sounding names, receive 50% more callbacks than those with traditionally black names. So this is like just such proof that it's a systemic thing, that this is bigger than just me today in this podcast or you just listening to this. There is some real work to be done here. And our advantages or disadvantages work with us all the way through our lives. 
In Canada, first-generation Black Canadians make an average of $37,000 a year, while new immigrants who are not members of visible minority earn $50,000. And that wage gap doesn't go away, which of course it doesn't. If you know about the resumes, if you know about, if you understand about unemployment, all those things, of course it can't go away because it's systemic. Third-generation Black Canadians earn an average of $32,000 a year compared to $48,000 for Canadians who are not a visible minority. Black Canadians are nearly twice as likely as Canadians who are not a visible minority to be low income. And in America, the median black family has a wealth of about $3,500, while the average white family has a wealth of nearly $147,000. Shocking, right? Okay, here's a few more stats because this is what we're, this is what we're here for. I want to center on this. This is what we are doing. This is what we, the work that we're here to do is to change this inequality. And it's not something we're going to do overnight. It's a, it's a journey, but we got to keep going. As a mom, this really hit me. And for other moms out there, you'll get this too. Black women are three to four times more likely to experience pregnancy-related death than white women, even when there's been controls for education and income levels. Isn't this mind-blowing? I mean, it shouldn't be. I should have known this sooner, um, but I'm here now. Okay, 16% of students in the U.S. reported experiencing race-based bullying or harassment. And you don't need a study to tell you this, but there are obviously significant associations between being bullied and the racial uh, harassment and negative mental and health, physical health, right? I watched the documentary of the night called 13th on Netflix. Watch it, watch it, watch it. It's so interesting. And this is a couple of the statistics from that that I found so fascinating. And this is where a lot of the um, speaking around police brutality and the inequality and mass incarceration comes in. One in 17 white males will do prison time in the U.S. One in 17. One in three African-American men will serve prison time. That, can you even believe that? That's just crazy. And on average, black men in the U.S. receive sentences almost 20% longer than those of white men convicted for the same crimes. I know some of those are hard to listen to and hard to really sink in. But even more than these statistics are the stories, the stories of families, the men, the women, the communities that have been impacted and continue to be impacted. And that's what I want you to listen to, to the stories of moms who have lost their children, the stories of black moms who have to teach their kids how to behave around police and are fearing for their safety because of the color of their skin, the stories of indigenous and people of color about how they've been called racial slurs on the streets or direct messages on social media calling them derogatory names of having to learn to love their skin color and their hair because it's not inherently a part of them of having to convince the world of their worth this experience of I want you to hear this experience of what it's like for black people worrying about unequal opportunities and having to learn about and teach each other how to respond to racism this is something that I've had to deal with as a white person any of these things these are horrors that I cannot speak to and I'm privileged Enough to be shocked and horrified and that this still happens and not be the one that is attacked. And that is what I want to change. This is why this topic matters. This is why anti-racism counts. This is why I want you to educate yourself because if you are white, I want you to dismantle your white privilege. And for, this is for all of us to continue to take action to change the systemic racism at play. This is at play in our cities, in our schools, in our justice system, our hospitals, our countries, and around the world. And it is time to change it. <sighs> Okay, let's talk about taking action because that's what this is about. There are things that we can do right away and things that we can do systemically. And it's kind of like anything else that any other change you want to make, right? It's a habit. And it matters not just what you do once, but what you do consistently. So it's not just about going to the gym once. It's about going consistently. It's not just about 
reading one post on social media or making a commitment one day to put a post to Black Square. It's about what we're going to do consistently. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that you could do, the one-time things or immediate actions. And I'm also going to talk about consistency. And by the way, any of the immediate things, you can also add to habits that you create. This is by no means exhaustive. Like this is not an exhaustive list of what you can do, of what I have done or what I will continue to do. But this is just a a starting point. So I'm going to take a few minutes to share some of the things that you can do. Uh, um, These are ideas. Some of them are for your home, for your personal, for your business. And I want to just be transparent with you. I haven't had time to fully implement everything on this list, but I wanted to share this episode. If I sorry, if I'd waited until I was done, then I would never share this episode because I'm not going to be done. This is I've started. I will continue, and I invite you to do the same. So let's talk about some of the immediate actions. And I already mentioned this, but I got to bring it up again. Learn, 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 and pay for education. And I know some of you listening, all of you listening, should want to learn more. So please go do it. Check out Rachel Cargile, The Great Unlearn. She's got a Patreon account starting at $5 to $15 a month and you will get tools every month. Anti-Racism 101, Spiritual Activism 101, sorry, Anti-Racism Crash Course and Spiritual Activism 101. I've got the links all below to those. Take the courses and pay black educators. Again, those are just the three that I found and have invested in, but look for yourself too. See what else you can find. I will continue to add to the resources, but go and pay these women for the labor that they are doing for what they are teaching us. Um, read, obviously. And by the way, learning, reading, you can always continue to do this, but these are things that I've done immediately and will continue to do. Some of the books, um, I picked up White Fragility right away and I've been reading that. There is um, Me and White Supremacy that's been highly recommended and I picked that up too. How to Be Anti-Racist. And for Canadians, I just learned about this, um, 21 Things You May Not Know About the Indian Act for Canadians. And I think, again, I'm just starting to learn about the indigenous people and what's still happening in Canada. So if you're with me on that, that's I picked up that book and maybe something that you might want to look at too. Again, I've got all the links to the show notes below for you. Okay. Um, here's another thing we can do. Again, today and ongoing is diversify what you take in. And this means your Instagram feeds, which I know a lot of us have, or Facebook feeds, I know you have. And this isn't just, you know, it's looking at educators, but also looking at who are the black influencers, who are educators, who are businesses, jewelry, everything that you like to see, diversify it. Look and from people and see people on your feed that don't just look like you or think like you. Uh, movies, and I've listed some more down below in the in the show notes, but watch 13th and it was a great movie. I highly, highly recommend it. As far as TV, I don't watch a ton of it, but I did start watching Dear White People and it's so good. So, so good. Um, and I actually stopped watching it because I'm going to wait now for Troy to come home so we can watch it together because I know that he's going to really enjoy it and it's going to open up important conversations in our family, which is which is a part of the work too. So um, that's that's been a great thing to watch too. Uh, okay, books. <laughs> so diversify the books. I will say this. So I've talked about the books on diversity But we also want to look at books that are by black, indigenous, people of color that are not about race and acknowledge that they have many, many, many other gifts and expertise. And I'll be honest, I haven't started much here because I wanted to first learn about education, but I know that there's lots out there. You know, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, there's one, which I've read and it is wonderful. Little Fires Everywhere, which has been recommended to me a few times. The Joy Luck Club, like do a Google search if you're, and, and just diversify what you're reading, what you're looking at, what you're consuming. And remember, Google, 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 ask friends for recommendations. Right now, ignorance is not an excuse, guys. Google is here. Our friends are here. We can no longer say, I don't know where to start or I don't know how to find this. It is out there. Go get it. 
Another place I've been diversifying is podcasts. It's funny because I think in the beginning when a lot of the this change and the awareness came, it was like it was all about the feeds. But then like we just have to keep looking deeper. I looked at my podcast and it was primarily white. And so I've been diversifying that. And I have some podcasts on race that I'm recommending below and also podcasts on the things I care about. So I personally listen to a lot of personal growth and business podcasts. So in the resources, there's some black-led podcasts in there that you should check out. Check out the show notes. Okay, something else we can do, spend money. A part of dismantling racism is acknowledging that I have been disproportionately advantaged as a white woman. And it's my turn to give back. And I truly believe that when we all prosper, that's when we're all going to be best. So I've shared below some links. Um, for myself, I've been looking at some black businesses that I can help support. Um, Van City Business Babes and Business Babes Co. It's led by my friend Danielle Weeb, who... I want to be transparent. She's she's a white woman, but she's got a really good heart. And what she did is she's put together a couple posts with all both Vancouver-based businesses and then also 50-plus creator, creators, um, influencers to go follow. And so I'm sharing those posts in the show notes. Sharing? The, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, in the show notes. So go check that out and go follow along and go look at the businesses that you can follow along with. If you're Vancouver-based, there's some great ones there. And if you're looking for more worldwide, her Business Babes Co. Uh, organization – is highlighting so many other women. So go and check that out. Um, here's a really simple one because I've gotten asked about this a bit. One of the things that I've done recently is ordering pre-made meals. So having them that they're already done so that Sonoma and I can just go and do a picnic. Or I don't have to – I'm spending less time cooking because it's taking so much time. So anyways, long story short, uh, a really simple thing I did was I was able to find a local black-owned vegan African meal delivery service and it's called Kula Kitchen. I'm linking to them below. I ordered last week. My delivery's coming in two days and I'm super, super excited. Like it looks delicious. I've heard amazing things. So that's something you can look at is what are some of the businesses that I'm already supporting? What are some of the things I'm already buying? And where is there an option to support a black owned business? Um, okay, so this is for my Canadian friends or actually, no, I'm going to change that. So for anybody, wherever you are listening to this, it is so important to learn about our own countries. It's really easy to look at what's happening uh, in America or look at what's happening in another country or another city or another state or another province and say, oh, well, that doesn't happen here. We can't do that. We have to look at our own backyards and say, what can I do here? And so that's something that I've just started doing. Um it's very easy to look and judge other other countries, and I know that we have work to do here in Canada. So for my fellow Canadians, please do not think this isn't a problem here too. And I know I've just shared some stats, share stats about Black people, about Indigenous people. Um, it's happening here too, and it there's so much more to learn here. Um, we're just getting started, so please look in your own backyard, do the research, and do the work there too. And Another thing I know you can do that I, I've we've been doing is have conversations with those around you, friends, colleagues, partners, family. Uh, this is a really cool idea. I know a few people and I've been a part of uh, two of them. People started like WhatsApp chat groups or even Instagram groups for support and accountability for these conversations. So what you can do is you can take a course together or read a book and then reflect afterwards. And I got to say this, please, please, please do not expect your black or indigenous people of color friends to educate you without you paying them. Do not expect them to carry the conversation or guide you. Like this is, uh, as as if you're listening to this and you're white, like it's it's your responsibility, it's our responsibility to, to do the work. And remember that each one of your friends that are black indigenous people of color will want to be treated differently. So re respect that. Some people have said they want to be reached out to. Some people say they don't. Be a human. Um, be a human about how, how, what would you do if 
you knew that a close friend was was having trauma in their lives, whether they lost somebody they love. And this is trauma. This is trauma for, for black people right now. So respect that um, and do your best. Everyone's going to want to be treated differently. Do not expect them to carry the conversation. And also don't ignore it. Um, I know also for some some of us, some of you listening, you may have to have some challenging conversations with people in your family, in your workplace, in your circle. If you're not sure how to do that, skill up. Again, ignorance is not an excuse not knowing how. Look it up. Look for resources. Google. There's podcasts on this. Have challenging conversations if you have to. Um, and, and for any conversation, guys, us just saying we don't know where to start, we don't know what to do, we can't use that excuse anymore. We just can't. Okay. Let me talk about some ongoing actions. And by the way, anything that I just said can be ongoing, but I want to just give you some really specific, tangible examples of what we're doing. So something I want you to know is that I, even though I'm an, I'm an extrovert and I uh, can take very action and I'm pretty bold, I'm also thoughtful and slow sometimes. So I'm still considering some of these things, but I didn't want to put this on hold. So just know that if you're like me, it's okay to take some time to process. It's okay to understand and learn and figure out how to do it for you as long as we are still taking action and we are working towards decisions. So just want to say that. Um, okay, so a couple things in our business. So I've actually gone through and updated our hiring process and our onboarding process specifically. Uh, and the onboarding process has been really updated to include learning about anti-racism and what we can do. I've incorporated things like required listening and required reading. So podcast episodes, articles, uh, it's training for all new employees. I've also paid uh, everyone that works on my team, it's small, but we've everyone's getting it, um, for their learning now, paying for their time to learn now so that we can be a part of the solution. As part of that onboarding process, so again, this has got to be ongoing, we're looking at, we've actually built in discussions about how we can continue to empower black, indigenous, people of color in our business, in our community, and continue to do better. So this is something that we will, is a repeat occurrence. It's not a one-time meeting. It's not a one-week thing. It's ongoing. Something else I've done in our business is subscribe to black educators so that we can learn and continue to work and pay them for their work monthly. Again, one-time payments are great, um, but ongoing is even better. I also am committing right here, right now, to speak to and to share opportunities, uh, whether it is um, whether it's on events, panels, uh, ambassadorships, any of those kinds of things, that I will always be looking and asking to make sure that there are black, indigenous people of color included as well. And I've already started doing this. Um, I should, I'm like, oh, I've already started doing this. I, that, don't say that to pat myself on the back. I, I should have been doing this before. But for the first time, I've started to ask about diversity and I know that this is something I will continue to do. And I'm willing to share the mic. I'm willing to give my spot to someone else to share the opportunities to those who have not been given them in the past because that's the only way we're going to change. So that is something that I will continue to do when it comes to speaking engagements, ambassadorships, other opportunities I've been given. I'm looking for diversity and diversity is a requirement for me to participate. Otherwise, my spot is going to go to someone else who really, who deserves it and needs it. That's a little bit about my business. I guess kind of personal. It's a little bit of both. Um, but specifically business, like I said, I'm looking at all of our purchases. And I've got to be really honest with you. We don't spend uh, a ton. Of, like we don't buy a lot of things. Like food is the 
where we spend the majority of our money. Um, so I'm like looking at the food, looking at um, restaurants that are owned by black people or people of color. Like that's, I'm like, where can I spend that money on things that I'm already buying, things I'm already doing and how can I divert some of that? And I will continue to extend that in terms of clothing stores and spas or wherever else. And I, like I said, um, this is something that I'll have to keep looking towards and will always be reevaluating. Um, all right, I got to share one more statistic that I think is so, like, hit me in the gut. Um, in Canada, 94% of black youth said that they would like to get a university degree, but less than 60% thought they could. In contrast, the other survey respondents, aka the rest of the population, had almost no gap. So 82% said they wanted to and 78.8% believed they could. So there's a huge difference there in black youth wanting to go and get post-secondary, get that university degree, but less than 60% believing they can, whereas that's not an issue for other populations. And this is why this is systemic. This is something we can just fix now. We, uh, so this is, again, kind of business, kind of personal, but I'm looking at how can we not just train the people we already have, but how can we actually grow talent in the right way? And so what we've decided to do in our family is to create a bursary specific for women that are part of a visible minority. And this is something that I encourage all of you to do, especially, you know, if you're an alumni of an association, it's very, of, of a university, of a post-secondary, it's very easy to do. And if you're not, that's okay. Go to your, go local, go wherever is meaningful for you. But look into creating a scholarship, a bursary, or an award that can support because the problem isn't going to be fixed in a year or in 10 years. This is going to take time. And so... I just invite you to think about how can we systemically make changes. And I see, um, certain, you know, this, you can do this by the way. Certain charities will help you do this. And this, the scholarship or award that's, that's an, that goes to a minority, that's an example of how we can do this. Um, but start looking at systemic and where your money can go to change things long term. Sign up, you know, in that same vein, sign up for a monthly donation to a charity you believe in. Whether And I'm still looking and deciding where the right place is for us. Um, Black Lives Matters, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, those are two that I've heard a lot about. I'm also looking at some local options. So um, look and see where the right place is for you, but commit to making a monthly or an annual donation. That's how we're going to make real change because it's not just about today. It's about ongoing. Okay, the last thing I want to speak to around action is really evaluating my circle, and you do the same, evaluating your circle of inclusivity on so many levels. Like I've been looking at this in terms of who's coming to our table, both virtually and in person. I'm thinking about this podcast, this platform, my community, and anywhere that I am, the books that I read, the books that I recommend, like all of that. I have to look at my circle and really continue to make sure it is diverse because frankly, it hasn't been diverse enough. So let me say this. If you are black, if you're indigenous, a person of color, if you – no, if this is you or you know someone else that is, and I can help you with my platform, please reach out. I'm adding the link in the show notes today to apply to be a podcast guest. So if you have a great idea for this show and you want to be on it, let's talk. And if you have other ideas, please get in touch. So that's just something that I want to say. And for all of us, like you can do this too. If you see opportunities, share them intentionally. Like if you have somebody that you're like, this day would be a great fit for Lisa's podcast or um, Lisa, maybe you can feature this person because they're awesome. Share them with me. And also if you see opportunities for them, share it with them and say, hey, get in touch with Lisa. Like share opportunities because you, that's what it means to be an ally is to not just do it once, but to continue to show up, to continue to share 
share the mic, share the opportunities with those that haven't gotten it before. So please consider where you can do that too with your platform, with people in your circle, with your community, with what you're recommending and where you're spending your money. All right. Um, quick note about why I wanted to be so transparent there. I've shared that because it's accountability for me. Accountability is important. And I hope also, the biggest thing is that I hope it gives you ideas on what you can do. I've been looking for actions or reflections like this from where I'm spending my money and businesses that I'm supporting or no longer supporting. And I hope that my actions and my transparency help you to see what's going on behind the scenes in my life, in my business, and my family. And there's been, I, I was hesitant to share it, but I'm, I share it not just grandstand or to get pats on the back or for attention. Because yes, there's a definitely risk that someone might be listening to this and think that. But it's like anything else. Somebody might judge this and dislike what I do, but I'm learning to get comfortable with that. And here's privilege again. That is my biggest worry. And that's why this work matters. That's why it feels like the right thing to do is because of my worst fear right now is that someone thinks I'm just doing this to get a pat on the back, then holy crap, we got work to do. Because there are people that are afraid for their lives, for their families' lives, that have to teach their children how to behave around police. There are people that are, there are mamas that are not holding their babies tonight. There are people that are systemically disadvantaged over and over and over again. Those are not the worries that I have to deal with. And I want to change that so that my insignificant tiny worries, that's the most that other people have to worry about too. Before I end off, I want to say one last thing about goals about dreams and about money. I still believe that it is important for you to know that you can achieve your dreams and I still believe that anything is possible. If you are a human right now and I know for a lot of you are entrepreneurs, you're wondering, can I still run my business? Can I still make money? Yes. Can I still have dreams? Yes. Can I still have goals? Yes. What I've learned that is that while anything may be possible, it is still harder for some people than it is for others. That doesn't mean that you can't be successful or that I can't be successful or that we can't make money or sell things. It means that for me and I believe for all of us that we have to do what we've been called to do on this earth. To step up, to lead and for me it is to speak and to inspire and I know that in my heart that's why I've been put here. And I know that the money that I can make will be used to contribute and to elevate people and I every dollar that I make and I spend is a vote for the world I want to live in. The same thing goes for you. That when you make money, you can use that money to make a difference in this world. And I'm sharing this because I don't, I want you to do the same. Like I don't want you to back down. I don't want you to, this isn't the time to give up on your goals or your dreams because it's harder for you than others. Or to give up because the truth that it, it is going to be harder for you than it is for others. And in, if you're listening to this and you're white, I want to say like, I want you to have the, to do this work and to have the courage to still go for your dreams. If you are white and you are listening, it is still okay for your dreams to go for your dreams and to continue to dismantle the privileges you have so that everyone has a chance and it is the same opportunities for all. If you are a black, indigenous, person of color, you must go for your dreams and you more than ever are being called to make money and to, to have the opportunities. And I've seen so many black women say this, so I want to re reiterate this, that reaching their dreams as a black woman, that being happy is anti-racist and that as a black woman, as an indigenous or person of color, that you thriving, you being at your best is changing the world. And to say that, I say, yes, you are. So do not give up on that, that you thriving and you being your best is so radical and so needed in this world. And that is anti-racism. Okay. That's all. 
please do not just listen to this episode and move on. Take this and take action. Go to my show notes and look at the resources. I've included other people's resources and a few of my own too. Follow some of the people that I'm following. Order some of the books. Buy the courses. Listen to black people. Go spend your money with businesses that that deserve it and need it. Listen to people of color and then do your work. Deconstruct your privilege and your perspective. If you are a black person, if you're indigenous, a person of color, thank you for the work that you have done and for continuing to share your stories. We are listening and we are here for you. Please, all of us, let's keep doing this work. We all deserve to thrive equally, justly. That's what matters. That's what we're here to change. Thank you so much for listening. Keep doing the work. Keep showing showing up. As we keep hearing, it is a movement, not a moment. This, this is just the beginning. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.